152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. All right, Kev, we're back at an untraditional time right here on a on a midday Tuesday. Um, we got some scheduling conflicts, so we're we're knocking this out early. But I know you and I both talked offline a little bit, and there's uh there's frankly not a lot to talk about. So this is actually pretty good timing. Um, we're coming off the the last major of the season, and now we sit two hundred and sixty something days from from major season coming back, but a ton of storylines coming out of there. Um, which I'm super interested in. And I'd say most importantly, um, you know, my focus is on the the real the real Ryder Cup going forward on in what this what this major season is sort of meant for for some teams that are not looking how uh how smart money would have been on them at the beginning of the season. So um yeah, man, what what are your what are your big takeaways from the weekend? Uh your your weekend, the golf, whatever. I'm sure we'll get into everything we want to talk to, but where do you where do you want to lead it off here? Um yeah, it should be interesting. Next couple of weeks coming up, leading up to the Ryder Cup and everything like that. So we'll see a couple things sort of play out. Seems like most of the spots right now are pretty much solidified as to who they'll be with maybe like one or two remaining sort of wild cards. But um, yeah, interesting. Some thoughts from the Open. Obviously, Brian Harmon, um, just an incredible performance. I think the general sentiment pretty much from the tournament and, you know, with these majors, you obviously tend to get a little bit more of like, casual fans and golf people interested in golf sort of watching i know the numbers uh were the, i think the worst they've been for this tournament uh in quite some time and i think with like those kinds of people tuning in you're kind of really looking for at least one of two things you want a big name to be up there in contention or you want at least some drama down the stretch with like two guys sort of battling it out and so i think that you know it's fair to say that it was a incredibly impressive and dominant performance from from Harmon what he did with his driver and his putter was, was just absolutely incredible but I think it's also fair to say you know if you I found myself kind of rooting for someone else to try to come up there and uh give him a little bit of trouble there just for some some drama down the stretch but yeah never really got that and um I don't know what were your thoughts yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, Harmon, incredibly impressive and, and frankly, like totally just unflappable uh, Saturday and Sunday. I know there was some stat that out of like his six bogeys, he came back with four birdies on the next hole. Um, out of those four, he hit one fairway bunker the entire uh, tournament, which was, you know, one of the hazards that that we talked about. And that, as you could see, watching the tournament really, um, you know, gave some golfers fits. Um, but he really brought the drama, unfortunately, out of the tournament all weekend. I was in the same boat as you where I was either hoping for him to come back to the field a little bit or for some of the the big names to to get involved. And it felt like every single time there was even a glimmer of hope of that happening, uh, he shut the door with another birdie or another fairway hit or another solid play that that really prevented him from, from taking any sort of slide whatsoever. Um, which was incredibly impressive, but unfortunately incredibly boring. Um, yeah, like if I had to grade this this tournament out, it'd be in the C range for me. Um, I, I did think the course held up uh, pretty well considering how much rain it got. It still played pretty difficult for everybody, uh, even though it was a little softer. But yeah, the drama just wasn't there, and the uh, you know the the you know any exhilarating play down the stretch was absent because of his. Uh, you know, solidness and his putter was was ridiculous all week. Um, but I heard a theory that I'm starting to subscribe to that, you know, we haven't had a really compelling major finish um, in quite a long time. 
And is this all karma from getting Tiger winning the Masters a few years ago? Because since that Masters, um, you know, where there's drama, just the whole back nine, and obviously Tiger's in play, um, we've had pretty much every final three to four holes stretch be pretty drama free. Um, at least, you know, looking back this year, um, you know, John Rom pretty much in control of the entire back nine of the Masters. Brooks in control of the entire PGA. Wyndham Clark didn't really look like he was going to give that up. And then Harmon all day Sunday was, I don't know if the lead was ever less than like three strokes, which, um, you know, I, I guess he could get in that much trouble, but didn't look like that was going to happen. Like he just didn't look shaky at all. So um, I don't know if the conspiracy hats are out, but but yeah, he certainly made it a pretty dry uh, weekend experience to watch, unfortunately. But but kudos to him for doing that. I guess that's that's a player's dream is to to be it that way, just to hit another solid shot, you know, bite the glove off, hang it on the umbrella, and move to the next shot, and just rinse and repeat until you hold the trophy. But yeah, for us, for us, definitely a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, you could say that it's kind of sometimes to be, I guess, expected at majors where we always say that there's uh you know just a less a fewer number of guys that are able to contend there so you know when this season we've had a considerable i think uh memory serves correctly a considerable number of playoff finishes you know in regular tournaments or Mm. elevated tournaments but just not showing up at the majors but yeah you would think even you know uh obviously two big names winning the first two majors of the year but the last two majors of the year really you know sort of lesser down the board guys that you wouldn't really expect to sort of be there uh, so you would think that would maybe um, sort of lend to having a, a tighter finish or some drama down the stretch, but it just really hasn't. Um, I thought it was interesting too, that Harmon just had like nobody on in his camp, like at all from a viewership perspective, but even from people uh, at the tournament, which I could see like if, if he was paired like with, with someone like, like if he's batting with, with like Fleetwood down the stretch or, or someone from over there, I could understand. But I, the dude, did, he, his family was not even over there with him. They were all right. like, like a, like yeah, a, trip, like a camping trip, trip or like, yeah. or like a lobster trip or whatever they were doing. But yeah, I kind of felt, a, I just felt a little bad for the guy, but obviously it didn't really affect him that much because he's still, like you said, yeah, the, the tightest it ever was, was three. And yeah, the bounce back, you, you alluded to the bounce back um, ability was just incredible. I thought um, never even in the slightest, just sort of misstep of bogey, always coming right back with birdie um, really never felt like anyone else sort of, sort of contended there. So. No, I'm 100% with you. And, you know, I almost feel like, I mean, this is going to be a slight on him, but like him winning should be the biggest story. But I feel like I'm more interested in everything else that came out of that tournament more than I am with him winning. Like, I just don't think, I don't think you're suddenly looking at a multiple time major winner. Like he's not a long hitter. He's solid. I think it sort of takes one of these weekends where the the wind's not going crazy and the course is playing a little softer to bring a guy like this into contention. Um, and he also had like one of the most historically good, well, the, the best putting performance in British Open history. Um, but just, you know, I, I haven't seen um, somebody just drain 10 footer after 10 footer like the entire weekend and then making felt like he was making everything with his spaceship putter. Um, but I'm more interested in like some of the bigger names that sort of came out of that. Like, I, I don't even know where to start. I, I guess my my attention immediately um, went this week to Justin Thomas. And I'm just stunned at how far he's fallen uh, out of contention. I, I know that a lot of the conversation over the weekend sort of turned to the Ryder Cup, and um, he's well out of that automatic qualifying spot. And, 
And frankly, like if the Ryder Cup was picked only on who's in form and this season and sort of who's been, you know, playing well, I don't think he'd even be in the conversation right now. Like if, if this season was just played in a vacuum, like he's just been out of, out of control, bad. Um, another 81 this week at a major when, you know, it wasn't like the course was tearing everybody up. And I know he was optimistic, but I don't know where that optimism comes because he looks he looks totally lost. And I'm sure we'll sort of touch on, you know, his spot and what the Ryder Cup team may look like. Um, and he certainly has some incredible history there, but just surprising to see him so far out of contention. I know he was sitting like pretty close to dead last after the first round. And then, you know, when you shoot an 81, there's just no coming back from that to even make the cut um, on day two. You just can't go um eight or nine whatever it would have been eight under uh to get to get back in um but i was stunned to see that uh i was stunned to see like you know guys like morikawa miss the cut um i was not stunned to see rory mcelroy pull his same act that he pulls at every single tournament like that that's just sort of back in play um but again, I, you know, I feel weird taking the shine off the winner, but I just don't think there's a lot of talk, a lot to talk about there that we already haven't touched on. Like this was a, this was a great weekend performance, but I think really the analysis of that stops, starts and stops right there. Like, I just don't see, you know, Harmon being a big player going forward uh, into the FedEx cup or, you know, I think he's going to be on the Ryder cup team, but I, you know, I don't, I still don't think he's one of the bigger names that's going to be on that team. Yeah, the JT stuff is interesting. So obviously he got into the field this coming week at the 3M, sort of last minute, and sort of just out of necessity now. Like yeah, and it's playing some... playing next weekend, next week too. Like I think he's filled yeah. up the schedule just trying to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's insane. Yeah, he's not in the FedEx Cup playoffs as well. Um, yeah, which is wild. Um, so yeah, obviously needs to make some moves here. I don't know. The first day, obviously, uh, at the Open was jarring. Uh, and then, but then, I mean... Yeah, obviously his game is not in a good spot right now. I think, though, a couple points to make on the Friday, because I believe Friday was playing pretty difficult for the field, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I thought that's really when Harmon won the tournament, because I believe he yes. maybe shot five or six under that day. Uh, and JT shot, I, I believe, even par on Friday, which after the 81 was actually, I think, like well, two yeah, strokes just matter. average. But yeah, obviously he's not going to make the cut, but at least just like, you know, to not go out and and shoot another 80 again when it seems like he's just sort of like mentally not in a good spot, I thought was a, a little um, shine of, of brightness there. But yeah, he um, the game is just not there right now. It started off in the beginning of the season as uh, simply the putter that was giving him the issues. And now it seems yeah. to be creeping into um, most of his game that that really is an issue. So, yeah, I if I were Zach Johnson, I don't it's tough. It's a tough spot. He's put him in. Obviously, I'm sure they have a strong relationship with uh all the Ryder Cup experience that you alluded to and over the past you know several years or whatever it's been uh and so I'm I'm sure that there's nobody rooted in harder for JT than Zach Johnson to actually show a some semblance of form here and give him uh a reason to put him on this team because right now I just really don't think he he has one and I think you you can make an argument for a number of other guys who are playing so much better than him right now who may not have the Ryder Cup experience but seem to be just um in in such better form yeah the rory stuff also was interesting to me uh there were a couple comments afterwards some one of the reporters asking him about the um the lack of majors and the amount of time that's gone on and and is is that something that's in his head or affects him and he really gave like a very quick answer saying like um 
he was like, no, I'm just on, you know, not at all. That's not how I think of it. Like, I'm just on to the next thing. Like, I, I, I win the FedEx Cup or the race to Dubai. Or he's just like yeah. referencing this other stuff. And Do I you believe that? Uh, I, so I can... <laughs> I can see, uh, I, I think that it bothers him, of course, and affects him and, and the amount of time, I, I don't know how it couldn't. But I also think that he's like a, of course, like a world-class athlete and and competitor. And if that's like, yeah, he's just, he just had out of necessity, he has to move on to the next thing. But there was some comments like from, from Brandel as well, saying he's like no longer in his prime yeah, physically, not, which I don't think I'm not really ready to go that. there. I see yeah, him on the Peloton what... leaderboard. It's not, it's not <laughs> fading in that direction. I mean, <laughs> right. But I, yeah, if, if you, if he doesn't win another major and it's not, no one's saying that he's done or he's like, he, he's running out of time, but he's not close to being out of time. But if he doesn't win another major, you have. I think you have to say that his career has been incredibly disappointing. I'm with overall, you. right? I'm with I you. I think he. I think he will, and it's not like he's not having good performances at these majors. He he has been, and he's been winning elsewhere. Obviously, he just won the Scottish and and all that. But um, you know, so so he's got the time. But but yeah, it's for him to answer so quickly like that. I think it almost showed that like, yes, it is something that he's been thinking about and let me have an answer ready for when I get asked that question more so than being like a confident, like, no, this doesn't really bother me. I don't know. Yep. I'm with you there. And I saw something on Twitter today that sort of put everything into a sad perspective. Like, um, you know, if this keeps going the way it's going, like, I feel like maybe we've been looking for Rory to be the next Tiger Woods for a long time. And that looked like it was going to happen in his, you know, his draw and, and his needle moving ability sort of rivals um, as much as anybody can rivals what Tiger used to represent. But in terms of like his actual career accomplishments, like right now, again, assuming this this continues in this form or fashion, we're looking at something closer to Phil Mickelson than we are Tiger Woods, like a historically great golfer that has won some majors, but eventually may be remembered as like the second best golfer of a generation. And I don't know if the first best golfer of this era has been decided yet. There are certainly some candidates that we could throw out, you know, once you eliminate Tiger's um, you know, era of dominance. Um, but that may be like the direction we have to start going. Like if this continues, like I know he just keeps racking up top tens, top fives, and that's nothing to to sneeze at, but the expectations are so high and he just continually sort of doesn't, doesn't meet them uh, when it comes to these major events. Um, and this is a little more solid, I guess, than the last couple, but yeah, I don't. I just don't know if we've been framing him wrong or having some unrealistic expectations for for who this golfer is. Like, if again, if you just take the name away from the game, um, the same way that you can do with JT, like you wouldn't look at this dude as a historically dominant golfer. You just wouldn't, at least in my opinion. You know, if if it wasn't Rory McIlroy, if it was John Smith from from Quincy, Mass, or whatever, who started this career, like amazing career hall of famer one of the the all-time greats if i don't know how how big that list is but nowhere near like the um you know the table of the the ultra greats i guess i would put it like not not in the tiger category not in um you know jack jack nicholas arnold palmer um you know all the all the legends of the game quite yet and that could change you know if he goes and wins two majors next week or next year or or, uh, you know, he'll probably the way he operates, like I, I have no question that he probably going to win the the FedEx Cup this year. But for me, like, you know, that doesn't really mean much when you've already entered the air that he's entered. Like, it's all about majors now. 
And I just, I don't know how this is ever going to happen for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting for sure. Cause he obviously has, has had to deal with a lot. I think when you have an athlete, um, like tiger, someone who transcends their sport so much and is so much more than just a professional golfer, like a Michael Jordan is just so much more than a professional basketball player. They are like a, a, a brand almost. Yeah. And, and um, I think that when you get that and you see that in your time of like really growing to like know and love sports and root for things, I think you're always going to be, I guess, looking for that next thing. But I think that if you're doing that, then you're kind of setting yourself up maybe for a little bit of disappointment as well. Cause like, to be honest, I don't really want, know if I want a next tiger because I love him so and rooted for him so much. And, and I don't know if it, because of what he did was so amazing. I don't know if it'll ever be done I, like yeah. that in that way, you know, and same thing with, with, with like any dominant team, I guess the dominant team single sports is a little bit easier to compare it to, but like, for example, for me, like the run of the Patriots, I, I don't ever want an NFL team to to come close to that level of dominance yeah. again, because for me, that was so special in the time that I experienced it. On, and I that's something that I won't ever forget. So um, I think that be, because we we look to these things and admire them so much and and you have to remember, obviously, that they're so special because like they're they just don't come around that often, like in the span of like the modern world where like in the modern era of sports and that's that's why they are um so special so yeah i think i, I think it's tough i think obviously he he gets a ton of pressure on him rory and um i, I think you'd have to say that that he's fallen short of, of the expectations and and that pressure of course to this point in his career um you can argue whether or not you think that that's unfair or i mean certainly he has the talent, I think, to to have performed better than he has. But, um, but yeah, I think um, I think just those other sort of comparisons that he often gets compared to, or other athletes get compared to, it's just um, they're sort of fighting a losing battle from the start. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And, and I feel it's going to come off as pretty corny, but I feel like incredibly blessed to have lived through the the Brady Patriots and the Tiger Woods era. And I don't think, to your point, I don't think that can be replicated, especially Tiger. Like, I just don't think golf will ever be in a place that it was in when he erupted onto the scene. And he brought just so many new things to the game. Like, uh, not only like him being like one of the first like African-American stars in a primarily white sport, but just like the the body language, the emotion, the the distance, the athleticism, like he he changed golf. I, I don't I like I would almost argue I don't think any athlete has like changed their sport like he has. So I don't think that will that will happen again. But I feel like to to use the basketball comparison, like I I, I thought for a long time, and it was lining up like you got Tiger as Jordan, and here comes Rory as sort of like the LeBron. Uh, that that's going to come up and it is going to at least you know if you had followed his trajectory early in his career like is going to come close to a lot of tigers records and um you know will be somebody that you could make a discussion is better than tiger like if his career had, had continued that that same trajectory like i would have not agreed with that argument but i think you could have made one you know based on the numbers that would have not been outlandish i think that discussion's over frankly um, unless something super changes, but 
that was the trajectory that I think he was on early in his career that's sort of been um, you know, put in the rear view. And now we're just looking for him to stop a 10-year gap. It feels crazy to say like that. 10 years in between majors for this dude who has consistently um probably never been outside the top five in any tournament, like pre-tournament odds he's entered um, you know, in the last 10 years. So it's it's almost crazy just playing the numbers game that he hasn't gotten one, but he hasn't. And I, I don't see when it's coming, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it will be interesting to see, obviously, how he does close out the rest of the season and and a lot of sort of interesting t- stuff to come up. I'm very excited for the Ryder Cup. Obviously, that's always one of my favorite um, sort of golf, um, you know, events to watch. And and just the, the, the team aspect is so cool. And the USA versus Europe portion is so cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I yeah, was, someone posted on Twitter today. I saw uh, it was like his prediction, basically, um, of what the Sunday single matchups would be. And you know, you go in. Obviously, you, the Team USA is the betting favorite at this point. Um, but if you look at some of those singles matchups, I, I think it's a little bit tighter um, than a lot of people are sort of willing to admit. And a lot, obviously, this is a lot of speculation. No guarantee that these matches will actually. Yeah happen but if you're just kind of going down the list and looking at the rankings some of them um yeah i don't know it's tough to say dude so i'm, I'm all over europe i know i know, I know where i know where you said we we're gonna get into this so let's just do it like i as it stands right now i don't understand like europe's sitting at just under two to one like underdog and i just don't understand that um just talent wise um and i sort of have like the the u.s automatic qualifiers in front of me i have um i have eight on the US that I feel like are pretty much guaranteed a spot, the six auto qualifiers, and then two that I don't think can be left out. And then there's sort of four there that we can debate. But I I look at those top eight and compare them to Europe. And I, you know, like that stacks up pretty favorably to me. So I don't know how that the price is that hard. I know I've nibbled a little bit on it just because of the value that I perceive. Um, but here's my US squad, basically. Um, the six auto qualifiers are looking like they're going to be Scotty Scheffler. I don't see any issue with that. That's the best player in the world. I mean, we uh, just to break down his British Open performance, just go back and listen to any podcast in the last like eight months about Scotty, and you can say the same thing. Like he's amazing, and then can't putt for shit. That happened again. He's in the mid hundreds of strokes gained this past week, but I think he's your number one player for the U.S. Um, and then you got Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon, who were two and three. Um, I don't think that's going to change too drastically in both, you know, obviously they're on the major finishes um, and, and some other strong finishes. Wyndham's actually been playing pretty great all season, but Harmon has a, had a, a very big lull at the beginning of the season, but is obviously, um, you know, finished quite strong <laughs> for the last couple of weeks and will be in the, on the team. Brooks Kepka will be on the team um, because of his major record and I think deserves to be there. Um, Xander Shoffley will be on the team, not really a factor this week, you know, played through the weekend, but never really a factor. Patrick Cantlay in that same category. And I read a stat on Cantlay that I don't think, I don't think he's been within five shots of the leader on a weekend in a major, um, this season for sure. And I don't want to overdo it, but I think it's been a few years, a few years running now, um, where he's been just sort of who he is, like an ultra solid golfer, but has never really contended in a major. That's something that we sort of have to pay attention to going forward. But as it goes for the Ryder Cup, I think he's in. Um, and then for me, uh, Ricky Fowler is going to be in. I think he's going to finish the season strong, has been playing well all season, sort of like a, a very popular 
quote unquote clubhouse guy that I think will be in. And then I think Jordan Spieth will be in. He's in the top 10 in the points. Um, I don't see how he'll bomb out of the FedEx Cup. So I do think he'll rise to 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 either the auto qualification or will certainly be a, a captain's pick based on his history. Um, but then from there, I think things get really interesting. Uh, like, you know, we're looking at four spots and there are a lot of golfers that can contend for those four spots. Um, some have great reputations going forward and some have played awesome this year. And I don't really know how Zach Johnson's going to do it. Um, but, you know, for those four spots, you're looking at Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, Dustin Johnson, Cam Young, Max Holma, Tony Finau, like all those guys and a few others are in contention. So I don't know if you agree with my whole top eight there. I mean, we, we can't really argue on the six auto qualifiers. Those are just going to be what they are. But um, the six auto, the the two Fowler and Spieth, as I see, as sort of shoe-ins. And then for me, if it was Eddie's Ryder Cup team, um, my next four in would be Justin Thomas, uh, Dustin Johnson, Max Homa, and Colin Morikawa, which means I'm leaving off Tony Finau, Cam Young, Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, and a few others. Do you agree yeah. with my four? Do you like anybody else that I haven't mentioned? I, I just um I, I am I am mystified at how uh how this hasn't been more clear because frankly you could tell me any of those guys over any of the guys I just told you and I would not be able to die on that that hill I don't think especially with JT and DJ I guess in my my personal picks but I'm basing yeah. them sort of on on what I value as the most important thing which is like competition history and, and some reputation in that regard but yeah um yeah so I agree with the uh, well we had the, the six picks at the top obviously and i agree that um i think fowler is a lock and i think speed is a lock to be on yeah. the team um and then beyond that i think i think morikawa is going to be on the team um and i think tony finau is going to be on the team which is a little bit um some people might be surprised by that pick but yeah i i just think that uh his value like what he can bring in terms of um match play and sort of just his style of game and um not having sort of the the best season he's been like kind of sneaky obviously you would expect more wins out of his talent level but um he's had a decent season i think he's he's gonna find his way on the team in my mind um i think home was on the team i, I think yep. wyndham clark's on the team yep auto um, auto yep yeah. yeah, he's up. Yeah, right. He's in the top six. Um, Harmon's in the top six. We said um, Xander is on the team, I think. And is he in? Is he top six? Yeah, top six. The okay. top six ends at Cantlay. But okay, again, right. like, like I think, I think you can fit Fowler and Spieth into sort of like the autos. And by the way, if if this were my team, I don't think I'd have Harmon on the team. I know he's going to auto qualify, but I just I don't think he's a better golfer than some of the guys that are going to get left off this team. Like I would certainly pick Finau who I left off my hypothetical squad over Harmon, but that's just not going to happen. So, right. Right. I think the last, I think the, the final spot or the people, the people who are outside looking in at this point are Sam Burns, JT, uh, Cam Young and Keegan, who I think you mentioned all those players. And I think over the next month, whoever's kind of just, playing the best out of those four is going to be the one that makes it. I think for me, um, 
JT might get left off, honestly, unless he yeah. does something incredibly, you know, significant. I, I don't want to say he has to win, but he needs to like top five, maybe both of these couple tournaments that he's playing next to, to yeah. kind of make enough of a of a statement or a I mean, he to, might have to, to freaking do that just to qualify for the FedEx Cup anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Do you that think that DJ, I think, I want DJ on the team, and I think he should be, but do you yeah. think he will be on the team? No, I don't. I don't think so either. I don't. And frankly, like, I couldn't put up much of a, I couldn't put up a lot of evidence to support my wanting him on the on the team other than I like him, and he has a great reputation, and he vibes with a lot of the guys that are going to be on the team. Like, he has history with, with Brooks and with a lot of other guys playing with them in, in like, the doubles, you know, events. Um but I don't think ultimately he will be on the team just because of his poor, um, poor form, frankly, like the whole yeah. season. Uh, I know he's been like uh, been through the weekends at, at all the majors, not, not at the British sort of bombed out at the British this past week, but hasn't really been playing super well in live. And like I said, if you wanted to tell me you couldn't take him because of the form, like I wouldn't have a strong, I wouldn't have a strong counterpoint to that. Cause there, I don't think really think there is one, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had a shot um, if he'd come out with a strong open performance um, to, to maybe find his way on there. Um, but I think sort of not doing well there just really. Um, and as you mentioned, combined with the poor live form is just was not a good look um, for him. I think these live the, some of these like guys on live who I, I think a couple strong like live finishes is not enough to nah. can to yeah. catch yourself on that team. You need to right. have performed well at the majors and, and Brooks obviously did that um, at, you know, two out of the four, at least you could say. And um, DJ just has really hasn't so much. So, um, so I think that's sort of his downfall there. And we, did, uh, we didn't what even if- mention Bryson, like another, you know, Bryson, like not even in the conversation for me, a guy that has sort of had some momentum early in the season. That's a live guy that I think, you know, had his success been on the PGA tour would be an auto qualifier just because of how hot he was like Taylor Gooch, not going to be playing in the Ryder cup, but was on fire early in this season. It's been a weird dynamic to just leave some of these guys off because they have basically four chances to play well. And if you don't do it, right. like you're, you're done. <laughs> It's a tough dynamic. Right, right, right. No, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, obviously, in the future. Um, with Liv being so new and and unknown and and you don't know these venues that they're playing at and, and the format's different and, and the competition they're going up is different, it's so hard to weight that, obviously, against, um, you know, the – PG, these guys on the PGA Tour who we see every week, um, it's just tough to know how they're going to stack up. And and obviously we did see some live guys do perform well, but if they're running with the combined sort of bad live form and then bad form at the majors, it's like, well, I don't really know where, where else does it come from. Like, I can, yeah. yeah, like, I, like it, I don't know. It's just tough. But um, I don't know. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, dude, I have I have strong thoughts on Team Europe. Like I mentioned earlier, like I'm super bullish on their chances to win this Ryder Cup just matched up. Um, I love their value betting, but I also just sort of love – I love that it's, it hopefully on paper will not be a walkover like it was last Ryder Cup. You know, we're in Europe. America hasn't won there in a long time. And looking at the, the European team, like I'm just looking at the standings now, like we're looking at sort of – Again, six pretty sure auto qualifiers and then two that I feel like are pretty strong from there. 
Um, so the six autos are going to be Rom, McElroy, um, obviously uh, Hovland, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, and Hatton. Uh, I guess if everything goes sort of according to plan. Um, and then from there, I feel like Shane Lowry and Justin Rose are my other two sort of definitely going to make the team, but not auto qualified on points quite yet picks. Um, I feel pretty strongly about them just based on their, their history, but then it like the U S like it leaves, you know, four spots for a shitload of, of talent. Um, you know, you got some young guns, like you got Lodvig, um, you got, let me try to read this name. Um, I just call him ADC, but it's, it's Adrian du, Dumont de Char, de, de Chars. And I know he's like a young, exciting process uh, prospect. I know I butchered that name, but he's got a ton of game. Sepp Straka has been an incredible form. Bob McIntyre's on that list. Adrian Moronk has been a great, uh, you know, European player all season. Seamus Power has come through some injury, injury luck, re- injury, I guess, unluck recently. Um, and then the whole, the Hogard twins are, are on that list as well. Um, and again, me personally, if I'm taking that team, I'm taking those eight that I mentioned. And then my first, my, my last four in, I guess for me would be, um, Seb Straka, who's been in just ridiculous form. Um, I, I would absolutely put Ludwig on the team. Um, just sort of, if nothing else than to have like just another, um, another guy who's going to carry this team for, for multiple Ryder Cups going forward, even if they may not be ready for this one. Um, and then for me, it would be Nikolai uh, Hogard, uh, the, that twin, not not Rasmus. And then it would be Moroc, Adrian Moroc, who, who's also been playing great. And um, like like the U.S., I hate to like say something like this, but I would take um, any counter argument for any guy. I didn't mention like McIntyre is, is a strong one or um, – ADDC is another strong one or the other twin. Like I wouldn't have a strong objection to that, but if you take those 12 and you match them up with the American 12, like I just don't think there's a ton of difference one to eight again. And, and frankly, like if you're telling me the top two for the U S are Scotty Scheffler and Wyndham Clark, and it's going against John Rahm and Rory McElroy, like give me, give me Europe in that matchup. And again, going down the list, like I don't know how many people I would take over Victor Hovland and Tommy Fleetwood right now. Like the, I, I just, you know, especially in Europe, I don't know why the odds are not more even, but I'm, I'm ecstatic for the Europeans to have some, some young sort of electric talent um, and taking out like, you know, I know we've seen Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and Paul Casey and like Sergio um, that old guard is gone and it's being replaced with like a ton of firepower and a ton of guys that are in form with game on their home turf. I'm just super, super interested. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of strong guys on, on team Europe for sure. Not as you mentioned, like sort of the pedigree of with Ryder cup experience. Um, I think that might be where they're sort of getting the bump and the odds there, but um, I believe I might be wrong about this, but I believe McIntyre is uh, auto is qualified at this currently, point. On currently points. auto qualified, but yeah. I think the the FedEx Cup, which he's not going to be playing in, I don't think is going to boost a, like Lowry and Hatton and Hovland. Like Hovland right now is fifteenth on the European points. That's mm-hmm. that's not going to stay like that. I don't think like right. Fleetwood is out. Fleetwood is sixth. Um, Lowry is tenth. Hatton's eleventh. Like I I just think that that yep. will change um significantly. Um, based you know, on the, the guys who are weeks. playing, uh, yeah. who have Euro points but aren't right. going to be playing in the FedEx Cup, right? Right, right, right. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, um, 
I agree with with Aber. I think Aberg should be on the team. Uh, some people are saying it's a little bit um, not quite yet his yeah. time, but I think it's with if your team's already going to be young anyway, why not see what he's got and get him the experience yeah. so that next time around it it's just that much better. I think Moronk is going to be on the team. Um, I think he's got the win. He's got a win recently somewhere in Europe. Um, yeah. I think Sepp Straka should be on the team. Obviously, he's got the recent win. But great form otherwise. Right. Um, Scorching just form. As well. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Rose will be on the team. Uh, just the experience there. And then, um, yeah, for me, it would be, I would take Lowry. Uh, you mentioned yep. him there. And I would take um, Matt Fitzpatrick, Hatton, yep. Ovland, all the guys up top, Rory, Rahm, are obviously like very strong um, match play guys. And yeah, you could see like, Okay, so if you're bad, uh, it's kind of tough to like compare it in the team events, who's going to contribute and how's sure. that all going to shake yeah. out. But if you're thinking like head to head matchups, um, you know, who's like Victor Hovland going to be going up against? Like a third rank tier, like I don't think it freaking matters, like honestly. A third tier, like, yeah. like Zand, like Cantley, yeah, or like, like Homa, right? Like he, right. I think he, I think he's going to scorch him, right? Like, and I, I just think that I don't know, um, We'll see, but um, I I think I think I like I think I like um, Robbie Max recent form in sort of a match play event. I, I like Hatton's form, um, yeah, and I I like Fitzpatrick too. So yeah, some some question marks for sure. But I will say I'm very excited about um some guys on U- team usa as well I-, I hope that ricky fowler has just an amazing yeah. um performance there and and and, yep. and gets some significant points for team usa i'm rooting for for Finau to play really well um and scotty obviously scotty needs to kind of sh- I-, I would love to see scotty show up in a big way and i think he he kind of him and brooks are like the top of this the leaders of this team pretty much in terms yeah. of the game like perspective so uh, those two guys got to show up in a big way, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'm looking very forward to the di- dynamic of what distance is going to be safe for Scotty Scheffler to pick up his ball um, on the green. That is <laughs> Zero a, putts given. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I know that would be super disrespectful to the best player in the world. But man, if I'm on Team Europe right now, like we're playing this like we do on the Muni. Like if you're outside that putter handle, dude, like you got to be putting that out right now. But that's a, like, I really do feel like it's always been sort of at least the last Ryder Cup. Like, I felt like America was better 1 to 12, basically. And, and it, it did play out like that. Usually, traditionally, pretty evenly matched for six to seven golfers on each side. And then America's depth just blows out Europe. And I finally feel like that may not be the case. Like, I, I do think Europe has a more established, um, I, I guess, like, uh, rankings going forward i guess for the next few for the next few trips like we do you have the old guard where you got you know like rose and lowry and and they'll sort of be um you know lowry's not super old but i guess i guess rose would be the representative of that like the old guard you got the guys in their prime and then you got these young ascending you know projected superstars where i feel like america's pretty much all all guys in their prime for the most part. Like, I, I don't think we have room for any of the young up and comers like uh, that, that would represent that same thing, but I'm, I'm ecstatic for the European young guns to sort of cut their teeth at home. Like I want to see, 
um, Holgard and Aberg and these guys like go head to head with some of like the some of like the USA's like best players on on home fields. Like I think I, at the very least, I want it to be close. Like last year, singles like really no drama at all. Once USA like won one match on Sunday, like it was pretty much over. I don't see that scenario repeating itself, especially how Europe traditionally sets their home courses up. Like they put a premium on things that americans don't like it's not not so much just a bomb and gouge fest like it's more um you know more set up i guess like a uh like a sawgrass or like like a course that you have to be accurate you can play less than driver you can succeed being sort of shorter um but I, but i love i love the matchup and like i said if you had to ask me today to pick like i'm i'm on europe at two to one and i just feel like the top end talent um, you know, if, if we want to go and say like Scotty and Brooks are the two best American golfers, like I, I, there are a few names you could toss in that I wouldn't super object with. I know they're not number one and two on the qualification list, but if you want to say they cancel out, um, Rory and Rom, I'd, I'd be fine with that argument. They're usually the top four in every major. Then from there, like, I think the next two or three best guys are on the European team. And then like, you know, as usual, I do think like eight through 12 is going to be heavily tilted toward the Americans, but this will be the first time where I feel like, like I wouldn't take the third best American over Victor Hovland. I wouldn't take him over Fleetwood. I'm not sure I'd take him over Hatton just based on like this season's form. Um, I'm gutted for Fleetwood this, this week, by the way, like I know we've been saying it for a long time, but how much closer can this guy get to being like in super form? Just like could not roll a putt in Friday through Sunday, but he looks super close. Hovland's been ultra solid this whole year. Hatton was, you know, should have been in contention had he not made a quad on on 18 on Friday. But yeah, like I, I'm a, I'm, I'm not going full team Europe yet. Like I'm not going to, you know, take off the American flag clothes, but like I, you know, by the time we get there, like that may be where I, where I lay. It's just like a more exciting team to me. Like I I'm excited to see them play more than I am the Americans who, who are a little more robotic, I guess. Yeah. And I think um, just from the odds perspective, not obviously I'd be rooting for team USA, but uh, yeah, as you mentioned, two to one, if, if you're going to put plus 200 or whatever, it's going to be on team Europe. Yeah. That's pretty enticing just from the numbers and, and sort of probability. Um perspective there but um yeah i i think there's a, a couple of those like young european guys they sort of had their there were a couple times this year where they came over and played a couple tournaments and and uh just based on the strength of the field were kind of like major chalk guys aberg kind of comes to mind where he was in that yeah. position like two to three times um this year and typically when that there's a sort of point that you see with like young golfers in their career where you know obviously they're showing bright spots people are very um excited about them but when they become that like chalk play that sort of everyone's kind of like on or talking about it there's a lot of buzz sometimes that goes a little south for them in the wrong direction right like yeah those first couple tournaments but with him we didn't really see that so then again now i think it's time to like okay well if you're going to do that then i think you deserve to have a spot and, and see, you know, how much of a big moment player you can be at, at such a young age. And I think there's, I think there's something really important and valuable to that um, in something like this, if you're looking towards the future and if you, 
if you want to contend um, in years down the road, I think that that's a lot of valuable experience to be had there. So um, yeah, definitely excited for that for sure. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other lingering Ryder cup thoughts? No, I really don't. I think it's, a, you know, I think we're going to have to revisit this conversation after the FedEx cup and sort of, I think that'll be a better time to sort of finalize like our, our projections and, and how we feel about guys. Like, like I, I do feel like in a way the season's over, but it's certainly not obviously like the FedEx cup is a major tournament and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll give us some perspective on how these guys finish up. But I, I do feel like for me, at least like I'm sort of checked out of golf for a couple of weeks until we get to the FedEx cup. It's hard like, for me to have the same excitement once we're uh, out of the survivor pools. That's know? right. Yeah. We're done <laughs> with like most of the gambling is done. Like until we get to the Ryder cup here, we're in sort of like the dog days of, of golf season. Um, and like I said, I'm sure, you know, when we get to the Ryder cup finals, like that'll be, or sorry, the uh, FedEx cup finals, like that'll be a big tournament and we'll be back to the gambling. But we wanted to avoid that this week. I just don't have much passion for the 3M. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to be throwing money at that like outside of a few bucks and I, I didn't feel like dedicating a segment to it. And I think we came out better for it uh when this podcast does drop. I think it'll be more interesting to talk about um you know the the British fallout and sort of looking forward to the Ryder Cup than it will be analyzing you know if Justin Thomas can top 40 at a, at a revert, what amounts to a reverse field event. My dog agrees with you. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> but we do have our Ryder Cup coming up in just a couple of short weeks here. Um, yeah. And we'll see what Ed, hopefully Ed and I can put together a little something for that uh, leading up to the tournament. Um, and that'll be a lot of fun to do. And I think that'll be, as I have a chance to have some uh, high listenership. As, as that's what the people, people really want. So a hundred percent. I think we were sort of talking offline. Like I could definitely see next show being like the, the first round matchups announced or something to that, to that, that effect, or, you know, more of a preview of a golfer by golfer breakdown of, of what, you know, real competition that we can relate to will be. But um, I love what we got here. Uh, I, you know, a little quick hitter like this. Um, and yeah, I, I got nothing else going forward. Uh, let's let's take a little, take a little break, take a little deep breath. You know, we're two hundred and sixty something days from the Masters, and you know that's where my head is at uh, starting now. So, sounds good. All right, All right thanks, man. man.